When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Unfollowing Mum. I am super pleased to have you here. Today is going to be an episode with just me having a chat and catching up on some things. It feels like it's been ages since I've recorded one of these. I know you get an episode weekly, but I've had a couple of weeks off for the Easter holidays with my kids being off and I haven't done any recording and it just feels like it's been an age really, even though it hasn't been. I tell you what, I did find the second half of Easter really difficult and I think I expect to find holidays like perhaps Christmas or maybe Mother's Day really challenging but I haven't found that this year and yet this time around Easter I really did. I found myself saying to my husband the other week, I really want a Sunday roast which is such a <laughs> such a standard thing to be saying on a Sunday at like 10 to 1 in the afternoon when you know you've not got any of the ingredients to make one. But actually, I didn't really want a Sunday roast. I wanted to go, I wanted my mum to make me a Sunday roast. And it was a really difficult feeling to navigate because I don't want my mum and I don't want a relationship with my mum as the person that she is. But I really felt a hankering for the person that I thought she was when I was growing up, that person that I idolised, that person that I was so enmeshed with, that illusion of who she was and I I really missed that in that moment just thought gosh seen on social media so many people going for a Sunday lunch with their parents and I I wish that could be me and it wasn't it was only a fleeting momentary feeling but in that moment I really felt like I missed that and I wanted that relationship even though in reality I've never actually had it. So I think over the last week or so I've found life a little bit more challenging, found it a little bit more difficult and I do think that when we are estranged from parents and we are navigating having grown up with toxic relationships with our parents and a pretty traumatic childhood there are those weeks that just come along and kind of slither between the cracks I guess. You think you're doing really well, you think that you are ticking along with life that everything is going as it should and you're really happy and you're in a really good place and then all of a sudden bang out of nowhere 
you feel this anxiety, you feel this hankering for what you wish you could have had and it takes you completely by surprise. I was in a such great place the week before and I've finished going to therapy now. I've completed it, tick, boom, um, obviously not, but I have finished seeing my therapist for now and that's open-ended. I can see her again if I feel the need, but at this moment in time, I don't. I've worked through a lot of my trauma. I've worked with healing my inner child, as corny as that still sounds to me, and I'm in a good place. And yet this week, I really just wasn't. And I think a huge chunk of that is having the kids around me all the time, being overstimulated, not necessarily being able to get into a routine, which is something that I thrive on, but also having that pressure of seeing all these wonderful, happy family moments across social media that I guess I hadn't really accounted for with it being Easter. Easter wasn't a big deal in our house. I think for years we didn't even really do much by way of Easter eggs or anything. I know when I was tiny and my parents were together, my mum used to invite all their friends around and they'd have big Easter egg hunts. But when I was older, it just wasn't really a thing and we've never been a religious family so it wasn't a big deal for us and yet it seems to have been the one that has caught me a little bit unawares. I also think that I have had a pretty intensive couple of weeks across TikTok with estranged parents getting in touch with me and that is going to be what we're going to chat about on this episode today. I tell you what, it never ceases to baffle me how much toxic parents or those who are estranged from their adult children will actively seek out my content across social media. So on my TikTok in particular at at Toby and Rue, I talk a lot about estrangement. I also talk about it on my unfollowing mum pages and most posts will receive comments from estranged parents and it baffles me because when you search their username, they're over TikTok commenting on every adult child talking about being no contact that they can possibly find. They're actively seeking out that kind of content. Now, as a creator, not once has it occurred to me to go into the space of estranged parents and berate them or leave them nasty comments or even use their videos as examples of toxic parents. Not once. I'm very much of the opinion that community healing is so important. We talked about it on one of my earlier episodes with Abby Williams, who is a licensed therapist, who's called You The Mother on Instagram and TikTok. And she said, as a therapist, community therapy is so powerful. Feeling seen and heard and validated is so powerful. And yes, we can do those things for ourselves. But when we find a community that we feel we can really meet with, connect with and who understands what we as a human being is going through, it helps our healing massively. And I'm very much of the opinion that no matter who you are or what the circumstance, that community therapy is something that you have a right to be that on social media or a physical meeting place that you actually go to, like AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. We see it all the time. So now there are these pages, these groups across social media, like my own, like many others that talk about being estranged. And on the flip side of that coin, there are pages for the estranged parent as well. And I very much believe that estranged parents have just as much right to have a space to do whatever they want to do and talk about 
about their experience of estrangement, however they want to talk about it. And if they want to waste their time bemoaning their children or slating them, then that just isn't my business. And I wouldn't feel the need to jump into their space to tell them what I think of them because it's irrelevant. That is their space to heal or not as they see fit. And what I've noticed when I have come across these pages is that there are very few adult children who've cut off their toxic parent actively engaging with them. Very, very few. You might see one or two. But I can tell you that if one of my posts goes viral on TikTok, I will have hundreds of toxic parents coming to me saying my child cut me off for no reason my child did this my adult child is just as ungrateful as you and it it baffles me that these parents actively seek out this kind of content so that they can tell other adult children how selfish they are on behalf of the parent that they don't know will never meet and also have no idea what they've done to warrant being cut off. Now I am sure that many of you will find this relatable. I created a piece of content in response to somebody commenting would you be upset if you found out you were removed from the will because you went no contact? Now from my point of view I said absolutely not. I never wanted a relationship with my mother based upon what she could give me or what I felt due at any point during that relationship. I didn't want my mother's love based on the fact that she would pay for it. That was just not something that I was looking for from my mum. So when it comes down to it, no, absolutely not. I would not be unhappy to learn that I was removed from my mum's will. However, I do see a will being used frequently by estranged parents to try and control their adult children, to threaten their adult children, to hang it over their heads. And I think that's really sad, but it is something that gets mentioned quite a lot across my social medias. So I'd replied this in this video and said, no, I don't look at my parent as some kind of mean to an end. I wanted a relationship with my parent. I wanted to be loved and cared for and respected by my parent, not hoping that one day there'd be a payout from them. And someone had commented, oh my God, literally, also, since I cut off my mum last July whilst pregnant, your content has been a lifesaver for me. Thank you. And messages like that will quite often really humble me and sometimes reduce me to tears. I'm tapping my husband on the shoulder like, look at this, somebody sent me, I'm making a difference. Um, Because that's the whole point to this podcast. That is the whole point to these social medias and to talking about it is to create a space where people feel seen and heard and nobody will feel as alone as I did because it was really painful and really difficult. And if I can help just one person not feel that way, then that means everything to me. That's the whole purpose of this project. So I'd replied saying something along the lines of how grateful I was that she'd messaged me to say and how proud I was that I'd been able to help and to offer some support. When she cut off her parent, I wasn't actually creating that kind of content. She must have found it at a later date. So I was really honoured that I could be a part of helping her and helping her feel seen. That meant a lot to me. And somebody had commented, if your content broke up her family, I wouldn't be proud of it. And the cognitive dissonance of some of these people baffles me. The level that parents who have been cut off by their adult children will go to to avoid introspection is 
mind-blowing and this person in particular really dug her heels in when I replied. I'd created a video saying estranged parents need to stop blaming everyone else from therapists to spouses to now even random creators online for their failings as people and parents and they need to do better because that's what it is. It's a failing as a parent if you cannot acknowledge when your adult child comes to you and says, you know what, that behaviour is really hurting me and it's damaging our relationship, please don't. Or if they come to you and say, hey, when I was growing up, this was really toxic and unacceptable. And they're essentially just looking to you to build a repair in a relationship. And therapists talk about this all the time, how the majority of relationships are saved when we become accountable for our behaviour, we change the behaviour and we build a repair within the relationship. I mean, how many of you listening to this would have a very different story to tell if you had a parent who would just be bloody accountable for their mistakes because we all make them and as far as a failing as a person if you can actively see that your behavior is hurting another person and not only do you not give a shit about it but you have no intention of changing that behavior and feel that you are owed a relationship regardless of how traumatic you might be being or the toxicity that is coming from you then yeah that's a failing as a person and a parent because nobody should be expected to be owed a relationship or to be able to behave however they choose to behave without consequences. I think there is something to be said for the type of person who will actively disrespect a boundary set by another adult or another human being because my kids will set boundaries with me. Um, It's in a very different format to how I would set a boundary as an adult but even down to saying mummy don't shout at me that's upsetting that is setting a boundary even down to knocking on their door before I enter that is a boundary and it's teaching them that they have their own space and that they are worthy of respect but there's really something to be said for a person who can totally disregard those boundaries totally disregard how they're making someone else feel and still feel that they are owed a relationship and that they are owed an apology for you being upset with their toxic behavior I mean (laughs) what I'd also gone on to explain to this person who had left this comment about not being proud if I broke up a family which let's be completely frank here no content creator online is breaking up a family because they talk about their experience as an estranged adult child if you relate to my content then that is not because I am making you relate to it if a therapist is saying to you okay that behavior is not acceptable and that's toxic that is not because they're trying to make you fall out with your parents or trying to infiltrate your brain and poison you against them your therapist is literally there to help you become a better version of yourself to help you navigate life and to help you heal the wounds that you have picked up along the way they don't give a shit about your parent and whether or not what they say upsets or does not upset that parent they don't give a shit whether or not that parent is upset with them because you are their client and their priority that is not something that they are out to do and again the same goes for spouses who get caught in the middle of these things how many times have we heard oh you you've turned against me because your spouse has poisoned you absolutely not you've probably just sat there and said oh did you have this experience as a child and they've looked at you with that look and I'm sure so many of you will know exactly what kind of look I mean the look that says what the fuck did you just say because that is not normal my friend and look I know we all have different versions of normal but 
you all know what I mean when I say those things that you suddenly remember from your childhood because so many of us have really patchy memories around our childhood but if you have something that triggers a memory and you tell your spouse or it could be friends or a partner or whoever who looks at you and goes gosh that's that's not normal or even your therapist that's not because they're actively trying to poison you against a parent it's because it wasn't normal anyway I'd replied with my usual talking about how just because somebody is a family member doesn't mean that their abuse should be excused you know the drill and this person had replied no dearie which I'm going to apologize for not trigger warning that because how many of us have got a parent who is incredibly toxic who we've cut off who uses patronizing pet names I mean, it just, it sends the tingle down your back and not in an ASMR kind of way. But she'd replied, no dearie, but I feel that family is important and most parents didn't have the privilege of therapy, but cut them off if you must, I guess. And that's why I chose this particular commenter to kind of discuss on this episode, because there is so much ableism in that comment and there is so much toxicity in blaming the fact that you didn't have access to therapy for your toxic behaviours and abusive behaviours when your children are young, that it just blows my mind. I don't think anyone in their right mind could deny that having access to therapy is a privilege. There will be so many people who are listening to this who are no doubt on waiting lists trying to see a therapist on the NHS or who've given up on those waiting lists because they can be years and years long and you can go in in the most desperate need and be told have a cup of tea and we'll get to you when we can and it it just doesn't help. So yes, absolutely, therapy is a privilege and having access to it is a privilege. I went private for my therapy and I felt very fortunate to be able to do so. I don't think anybody denies that. But I also know so, so many people who had traumatic childhoods and I speak to people who have toxic parents on a daily basis who have not had access to therapy, who have not become abusive to their own children and who have chosen to break the generational trauma cycle and to do better using a lack of access to therapy. And the comments underneath that particular video response were filled with people saying, my mum blamed her abusive behaviour on a lack of access to therapy. Or, well, my mum stayed with my dad and said that she didn't have access to therapy and couldn't bring herself to leave him and he abused us and all of these kinds of awful things. To blame a lack of access to therapy and then say someone should be excused in their behaviours for not having access to therapy is just galling. And it's an insult to the many, many, many people who've had traumatic experiences as children, who have battled through that generational trauma and gone on to break the cycle as best they can for their own children without any access to therapy whatsoever. It's the desperation for an excuse to avoid looking at your own choices and your own behaviour. This particular estranged parent kept remarking that she had a wonderful relationship with her children. So I reverse searched her username and lo and behold like so many people who comment 
on my posts. And I know that my mum will be doing this across Facebook as well because I've been told by other people that she does. She was in every adult child who was no contact leaving similar comments and at one point had acknowledged that her son had cut her off. And I'd called her out on this and she'd said, oh yeah, my child drank from the Kool-Aid on one day, but after a month came crawling back to me. And it just goes to show that lack of respect when talking about your adult child, how dismissive it was. And it made me real, really sad because that adult child probably very much wanted to have a no contact relationship, but had felt guilted and shamed, not just by parents, extended family, family members, friends, whomever, but society as a general into going back and having a relationship with their parent who clearly is incredibly toxic with some of the things she was saying. And I know this might sound like it's just a bit of a rant about getting mean comments on TikTok, but it's absolutely not because the psychology behind it fascinates me. I have never come across anyone who will so vehemently defend an abusive parent as another abusive parent who has never met them, never come across them, but just takes umbrage against something that their adult child who's cut them off has said, presumably because it reflects something that their own children have said to them and they find it really triggering. And when you point this out to these parents who actively seek out other adult children to berate, one of the most common questions that I will get in response is, you're not talking about abuse. What abuse? Can you tell me what your abuse was? And personally, I find that question really telling because what that means is you tell me what you're talking about and I will decide for you whether I feel that that is abusive or whether I feel that you're just being a bit sensitive. You tell me some of your trauma and the traumatic experiences that you've had and I will decide whether or not I think that quantifies as abuse or whether I think that is just someone maybe making a few mistakes that are excusable. How many of us sat listening to this, who have listened to this podcast since the beginning and the first episode, who have related to all of this, will be sat here going, yep, the amount of times I've been told by my parent that emotional abuse isn't real or that emotional abuse is only something that you have if it's a spouse. Or emotional abuse is, oh, well, it's not really abuse, is it? It's just someone being mean to you. And there are countless ways in which it's said in order to invalidate and diminish the experience. And yet, if you've listened to the episode that I did with Helen Villers and Katie McKenna, who are both psychotherapists, specialists in narcissism, they actively said emotional abuse is the cornerstone of all abuse. No other abuse exists without it. When we talk about grooming, we're talking about emotional abuse. When we talk about neglect, we're talking about emotional abuse. All of these things have an element of emotional abuse. And whilst no type of abuse is worse than any other, no type of abuse is better than any other. It's not, oh, well, just be grateful that there was no sexual abuse. Just be grateful there was no physical abuse. And what I've often seen in my comment sections is that you will have somebody who will say, my mum used to say this to me, do this to me, who will actively answer the question of, well, what was the abuse? Can you tell me? And they will be told, that's not really abuse. And then you'll have someone who says, yeah, my mum used to hit us every day with a slipper if we stepped out of line. Oh, well, I know that's not socially acceptable now but it's not really abuse it was how we were taught to do things it's always diminished and the only type of abuse that I have found that hasn't been diminished is sexual abuse until this commenter 
this particular lady inspired one woman to reply to her and say to her that her mum had sexually abused her and sold her for drug money. And whilst this particular estranged parent did reply and say, I'm really sorry that was your experience, that must have been really harrowing, she then went on to say that likely her mother's own traumas and mental health issues had contributed to the reasoning behind her doing that. And whilst that might have been true, and the person who was replying to her actually said, obviously my mum had mental health issues, did you miss the part where I said that she was reliant on drugs? That doesn't excuse the behaviour. It doesn't mean that that person has to be forgiving of that behaviour. It doesn't mean that that person has to forgive their abuser. And to insinuate that we have to, and she used words like be compassionate, be forgiving, be empathetic, and yet lacked any herself and this is what's really telling for me with toxic parents is the compassion and the empathy is always one way it's be compassionate to me because I'm in pain but let's just brush away the pain that I've caused you be empathetic to me because I didn't have access to therapy like you do but let's just not talk about what I did to you And this is where I feel that the real change needs to happen because so many of us would not be in an estrangement situation if we had a parent who would just be accountable. Which I feel kind of leads me neatly into my next point. I had somebody comment, a lot of people love their parents no matter what. And I think that is something that is very important to unpick. This particular commenter was not an older person and I do get these from time to time, although they are less common, but they're usually from people whose siblings have been the scapegoat, who have chosen to walk away from the toxic family dynamic or who have called out the toxic behaviour and are seen as the troublemaker but it could be somebody who has no toxic family whatsoever and is just in the very privileged position of having a really wonderful family unit and that's great for them but it's not the reality for many of us as you know if you're listening to this podcast. But what I wanted to challenge with this comment and what I indeed did challenge with this comment is the misconception that if you have cut off a parent, it's because you don't love them. It's because you don't care for them whatsoever. You're just totally ambivalent, skipping along the road, cutting off a parent with no emotional tie whatsoever. And that just isn't the reality. I mean, can you imagine? It would be nice. Now, I have no doubt that for many people who are estranged, in fact, I know for many people who are estranged because I speak to so many of us, that there is no love lost and they do not feel feelings of love towards their parents or parent. They do not feel feelings of regret or sadness. Every single person that I speak to about estrangement and about toxic family dynamics has a slightly different take on it, but the vast majority of people that I speak to at some point throughout their lives has loved their parent very much or still does love their parent very much and is very sad about the fact that their parent could not be the parent that they needed and could not be accountable for their mistakes in order to build a relationship that was repaired and healthy. And you know, that sucks. There are very few people out there who feel absolutely nothing but apathy towards their parent. And there's nothing wrong with those that do. I just want to clarify that. There is nothing wrong with people who do not have feelings of love towards their parent. There's nothing wrong with any way to feel about your estrangement. But for many, many people, 
they really love their parent and they really would love to have a relationship with a parent and they would love to have the healed version of their parent, the accountable version of their parent, not even changing their parent and going for somebody completely different, but just their parent being the person that they wished they could be and the person that they could be if they put the effort in and were accountable for their mistakes and healed themselves and their own generational trauma. Many, many of us feel that way and love our parents dearly, but we're also aware enough that we can love ourselves and have to walk away in order to protect ourselves from that behavior. And just because we love somebody doesn't mean that we have to tolerate their behavior or toxic behavior or their abuse. And we hear this a lot when we talk about romantic relationships where people will say, you can love them, but they're not good for you and you have to let them go, love them and let them go. And yet when it comes to a parental or even a sibling relationship, it's very much a different perspective because how dare you walk away from that relationship, even if it's bad for you, even if it's toxic and it's causing you no end of mental health issues and no end of woe and stress. How dare you walk away from that relationship because you're family. And unfortunately, that just doesn't cut it anymore. And that is it for today's episode, guys. I have mentioned a few times in this episode my TikTok, which is at Toby and Rue. You can always come and find me over there. And if you ever have any questions or anything that you would like to put forward to be a part of the podcast, then please do let me know. You can get in touch with me at Toby and Rue on Instagram and on TikTok. You can also get in touch with me at Unfollowing Mum on both of those. And you can always email me at harriet at tobyandrew.com. I have been receiving some emails recently that have really countered the negative things that you experience when you talk about being no contact and being estranged online. And I just wanted to say, if you have sent me one of those and you are listening, it means the absolute world to me. And I am so incredibly grateful to be a part of your healing journey and to be able to help you feel validated and to help you validate yourself in your experience. It is a massive, massive honor. And I hope you continue to enjoy these episodes. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful week and I will speak to you next week. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.